everyone. Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until Tracy stops loving Daisy, which would be oh past the end of time. And that and has two meanings. It does have two oh, yes. Tracy. Um, uh, uh, oh my yeah. gosh, she's here. <gasps> I've oh. emerged. You didn't see me, <gasps> Spider-Man, clinging it? to the ceiling, did you? I thought we pushed you out the studio door. Tracy, you're back. <laughs> Spider-Man stickiness. <laughs> that, oh. <laughs> I love Spider-Man, but my biggest pet peeve in the world is being sticky. So this yeah. is just a whole lot to unpack. Yeah, what they don't mm-hmm. tell you is he's just covered in humidity. So you prefer when it's hairy sticky? Like when it's because of hairs on his fingers? Well, I mean, here's the thing. He just like sticks to it. He, I don't think that when you touch his hand, I don't think it's like... I bet he could make like, it doesn't sticky. Doesn't it happen though? I think, doesn't that happen in like Spider, like Raimi Spider-Man? I think, I think like, it happens actually in all of them at some point when they're like yeah. learning their powers, but I don't think it's like yeah. sticky. St- I don't know. I don't know the science behind Spider-Man. It's covered in I, slime. I just don't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, also, his shoes do it too. They have the... Uh, properties of a spider as well i will well. say here's the thing it is it does bother me that his, his and isn't fingers, he wearing an entire suit as well yeah. yeah he's wearing a whole suit and somehow his fingers still anyway he's so sticky <laughs> he's just Those so are long sticky. hairs yeah. he's like flinging in the wind anyways that's that's for another decade and we're not here to talk about spider-man what we are here to talk about though is tracy hello tracy welcome oh, back oh sweet the whole episode about me yep yep uh we're not talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's just you. I love it. Cool. Hi, what's up? Ask me anything. Really? Okay, so get into let's it. get real. Tracy, what is your least favorite soda? Ooh, great question. I'm going to need to think about this for a while. Hmm, probably plain cola, like Coke or Pepsi. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sure, okay. I get that. Interesting. Okay. Well, we, again, this whole episode is just about you. No Marvel Perfect. stuff. So yeah. we're just going to keep asking oh these sorts of questions. James, what's your question? Tracy, who is your favorite Tracy? Myself. Oh. Next question. Very good. That was the <laughs> question. That, that, question. That, that was the answer. <laughs> I don't know any other Tracy personally enough. There's really not a lot to pick from. Mm. You're um, my favorite Tracy, too. Oh, my God. Thank you so Aww. much. You're second, but that's pretty close. That's fair. Yeah. Who? Mm-hmm. Wait. So then who's your favorite Tracy? Um... You wouldn't, you don't, you don't know her. Oh, okay. She lives in Canada? Tracy Ottawa. My friend Tracy Ottawa. <laughs> my, my friend Tracy Grainley. T.O. Oh, um, I get okay. it. Okay. Now that we've gotten through all the silly bits and segments, Tracy, welcome back to the show. being very honest, but sure. Okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Take your, take your heart, put it back in your. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. I'll never I, be vulnerable I, listen, again. Thank you. I think it's great that you're being honest. But I want to know, we talked on the last episode that you were here, we talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being kind of like your main squeeze. Yeah. But I'm curious, are there any other Marvel properties that you're like either obsessed with, like, or maybe they're not on that level, or just something that you've like really been enjoying in the Marvel cinematic universe? I mean, back in the day, what really got me into Marvel, I used to just be super obsessed like early college um for a few years honestly what really (laughs) hurt me in ways i can't describe is probably endgame i got very disappointed by that i was always super into captain america and black widow but not together i don't show them yeah but them individually and then like the winter soldier i mean yeah, yeah that was great um 
but I was just very disappointed with Endgame, and that's kind of actually muted my enthusiasm for Marvel ever since. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back in the Endgame era. Perfect. Just to hear... Which will happen in 40 years. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, also, it's, it's we should so have annoying. you on when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Winter Soldier are yes. uh, driving oh, about yes. five months ago uh, James's head to uh, just blow, explode. Yes. <laughs> I would love to be able to do a thing where we have Tracy on the last episode of Winter Soldier lead into the next episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they address what just happened and Tracy's on that one as well. Mm-hmm. And I like to... start a sentence on the f- first one and then I finish, <laughs> right, it, and finish it in the beginning. It's perfect. I like that. Yeah. We'll I have to write do this like down. like that a lot. And we'll have to remember it in <laughs> Let's record the other one again, years. too. All right. So this is episode four now, and we're going to do that now. Um, uh, no. Okay. So uh, thank you for answering that question. You are on another show here oh, on sure. the network. Um, and even though it's, you know, again, internal in the network, and technically James is also in it. I would Technically, love. Technically, I would argue um, that James is very in it. Well, I know that he's very in it, but my point though is that, like, you know, James is always in this podcast. Sure. Uh, and we've we've pitched the show, I think, at least once before on this show. But I would like to give you an opportunity to talk about it since you're on it, and you know, hear your thoughts and how you would pitch Wet Hot American Moon Juice. That's okay. Oh. Two minutes because there's actually two that you're right. Actually, there is two. So yeah. we'll get to the other Honestly, one. Honestly, forgot about Wham. Episode. I was going to talk about things for the lyrics, but yeah. uh, what had American mm-hmm. Moon Juice, which will actually be starting. We're gearing up to gearing up to, uh, which starts in November. Um, is a <laughs> the gearing up to gearing up, which is where uh, we start being like, oh my god, it's it's November. It's oh happening. my god, oh my god, <laughs> and the business group chat starts to be like, all right. No more, we, no more gifts any or anything. No more memes on here. That's just <laughs> me. That's just shit. a me cleaning house thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is a NaNoWriMo podcast where some of our wonderful writers from the network get together and we compete to do NaNoWriMo. And then we talk about it. Compete? Compete with ourselves. We're competing oh, yeah, with okay, a yeah. goal of In getting 50. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. fighting yeah. NaNo. <laughs> no, only, only one of us. competing directly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only one of us can win NaNo. <laughs> We are actively sabotaging each other. That sounds like a stupid idea for a premise for your novel, but that's just me. Anyways, I'm going to go write. Yeah, so we write and we talk about it and it's really fun and it really captures the energy of what NaNoWriMo is, which is National Novel Writing Month, which we try to write a 50,000 word like first draft or novel or whatever you want to write. Just make it 50,000 words. Mine's going to be a motorcycle care instruction manual this year, I think. Which oh my gosh! Could please do that. Good. Please do that. That's incredible. I, I also just love that, that you read my, my mind. Really, but do that though. You should that write be, that. I might play with that. Thank you. Like it's like a poetry, like a poetry book, but yeah, all the poems are in the like. It looks like a like a motorcycle care manual, but it's like wait, these are touching poems about about life, real life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> life and love in my motorcycle oh my care manual. Who would have thought? <laughs> But I do need to know how to fix this engine, which is on fire. There's nothing in here. Oh, God. I will say probably most motorcycle engine, like uh, most motorcycle care manuals probably don't have something for when your engine's on fire. I mean, maybe they should. 
I don't know, Colin, have you ever owned a motorcycle? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't I love the idea of you were... your engine's on fire and you're like, all right, manual time. <laughs> yeah. Page one. Where would you even keep a manual on a motorcycle? <laughs> it's not like there's a glove box. You got to keep it in your boot. <laughs> here's my knife boot and here's my manual boot. <laughs> Do not mix those boots yeah, up say, if you, you cannot, get in a fight. If you got in a fight, yeah, that's dangerous territory. <laughs> Is that the real manual or the Tracy Wheatley poetry book? <laughs> You, you won't know until it's hitting you upside the head. The answer is just yes. Well, love to hear about the NaNoWriMo stuff. We'll have to ask you after NaNoWriMo how it all went and hear more about your motorcycle care book. Uh, but speaking of, you know, care. I got to keep that in. What's that? <laughs> now you got to keep that in. Oh, I will. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, all right, cool. So one of the big things, though, here is that there's a lot of care that happens uh, in in this episode. And one of those caring scenes comes from uh, Matt. Nope. I just, co- I don't know what just happened with my brain. What if his name was Matt? <laughs> Nothing else has changed except his name is Matt. Terrible Alfonso Matenzi. Mac boots up Colson and then uh, Gemma and Enoch, you know, they, they have a little bit of this scene as well. So we're going to dump right into the, uh, into the, the, the the recap of the scene. So in Soviet Russia, Mac boots you up. Yeah, yeah, that's um, very funny. I will say every time I write part of this next sentence, I always have to change it to the word "powers Colson on" because it is very mm. weird to write a sentence that says Mac turns Colson on. And you go, hmm, oh maybe yeah, that's just a state of being. You know, that's yeah. a, that's we don't a know what Colson's thing. thinking. Well, that's a fanfic. Actually, I will say the most one of the most recent episodes of What If does make people question uh, if he, you know, swings both ways. Anyway, um, hmm. we'll c- come back to that. Or some just appreciates day. beautiful hair. It's well, just, that's also you know, true. But I mean, he talks very deeply about more than I feel like. Anyway, anyway. So Mac Powers. When someone smells good. Okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Mac Powers Colson back on. And then he's like, you okay? Which again, also kind of a fantastic way to start off a conversation with your friend who just became a robot. Um, and he's like, two years and 10 seconds. It's like the worst episode of This Is Your Life ever. So they talk about how Coulson did not want to be brought back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, especially in this way. And Mac is like, hey, look, I respected that. I Coulson's hate robots. Like, and well, that's exactly what Colson does. Colson's like, well, yeah, you respected it because you hate robots. And Mac is like, okay, yeah, you know what? You got me. That's I true. Um, but, you know, basically they, they have a very good heart to heart about the whole thing and about how, yes, he didn't want to be brought back, but they also recognized that there was really no one else that could do this job that would have the information that they need. And Mac tells him that the Chronicoms want to destroy them. They've scanned Fitzsimmons' minds, and they have Fury's black box, um, and they're not 100% sure what they truly want to do, but the only person that can really um, solve it, basically, is the person who has all that knowledge as well, which is Coulson. Um, and Mac also states that he trusts Simmons, um, so he trusts you know, this particular robot. Um, and that's when Simmons and Enoch are like, Hey, we got something. We got a ding on that frequency stuff. And they start talking about the, uh, basically what the whole, not mystery, but the whole a, a purpose of the episode and like why they're there. Uh, and they start right. breaking that down and we'll get to that in another episode. Mm-hmm. I just, I never had put it together before, but isn't it funny that, um, 
they brought Coulson back because his unique and detailed knowledge about something very niche is going to be is going to be the savior of yes they're like fanboy as savior hey nerd <laughs> your 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 knowledge will be useful we're gonna bring you back because you you're a, he's he's a huge shield history nerd that's oh, literally yeah. why they brought him back yeah I mean it's it's like we need someone that knows everything there is to know about fallout boy tracy boot her up let's get her going like i mean for sure i mean like i do think it's the idea of that everyone takes nerds for granted until they need a nerd's help uh you know and then suddenly they're like oh i don't know how to turn my computer on hey geek squad um you know i'm dialing them up at best buy i need help and they're like have you tried plugging it back in they're like oh my bad thank you (laughs) Um, geeks and nerds are not quite the same, but you get the, you get my drift. Right. Now, geeks bite off chicken heads. What? Do you know that the word geek? Like back in the back in the thirties, if you said someone was a geek, they would think that you were a part of a circus act where you bit the head Ew. off a chicken. Ew. Yeah. I'm cutting this See, part. This is I nasty. I told you that zoos did fact, some wacky. This was circuses, circus. so they've I, always been evil. In my head, <laughs> a zoo and a circus in the 1930s is pretty much the same thing. They're pretty much the same. I feel like the animal rights violations that happened were probably pretty on par with each other. <laughs> I, I, I've got to cut some, some something from this. This is uh, this is not the energy. Tracy. Um, <laughs> Bite my head okay. off, Bacock. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you okay, can take that. Now, uh tracy i yeah. want to know okay i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have a question here love it love it come on in so you know, let's say it's 100 years from now right you are no, no, you know nope hang on I'm let's dead. say it's 200 <laughs> years from now super dead this way it's not like you've only been dead for like five years you know because wow. you're obviously gonna live well past <laughs> obviously 100 don't years. know how much sugar i eat but go on Listen, I mean, same here, but there's a woman who drinks Dr. Pepper every single day and she's well over 100 years old. I think it's just preserving her inside. So, um, well, they debunked that. She's actually 28. I don't know if you saw that. No, don't think that's true. I think you might be confusing her with me two years ago. Uh, now, Tracy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm ready for the question, please. So, let's say it's tw- uh, 2,221. So it's 200 years from now. Sure. Uh, The world is ending or there's some sort of peril, but it's something that only you could possibly have the knowledge of to save the world. What is the problem that you could fix when they bring you back as a robot? Oh, man, I have no skills. That would be... (laughs) (laughs) But like you know, what's what's like the the thing that you fanboy about or fangirl? I guess what 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 do you fangirl about that they would say? Okay, hmm. she knows her shit. Um. Oh my god, I don't. I could read books. Everyone knows Tracy knows all about. I forget everything. Books and Undertale. I mean, The Last uh, of Us. The Last of Us. Well, ah, Super Mario Brothers three. If they were like, okay, right. <laughs> you need to go through world one and you need to find all the whistles and all the secrets i'd be like okay got this i learned from my brothers nice. that's it this is this is a reality where the nerds are also the evil overlords that are 
or they're like, well, if someone can beat this, we won't yeah. blow up the world. <laughs> Powers up an crazy. old Super Nintendo. I'm <laughs> 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 blowing the cartridge, put it back in. <laughs> like, okay, I can do this. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's it. That that's the only thing. That's the only. How Mario much more 3. do you want? I mean, no, I'm, I was just curious. I mean, I was Harvest Moon, more Friends of Mineral Town. They're all video games now. There you go, Culvers. Um, Culvers. Anything about Wisconsin, maybe? Tracy, to save the world, you need to eat a hundred <laughs> cheese curds, and because we're all we've all evolved lactose intolerance because no one needs it anymore. <laughs> So no one here can eat cheese curds. I could do it. Tracy's already 35 in. Oh, like, this isn't even hard. <laughs> I thought I was going to get in trouble for eating these, actually. I was trying to sneak them behind your back. Uh, they're actually already gone. Where's the next time? Yeah. And the, like, no, that was it. The aliens trying to take us over all die somehow. Yeah. Because they're embarrassed. Envy. Envy. That's what it is. Mm. She ate God, the forbidden curds. We must leave. She's too powerful. She is the one that has been spoken of. The prophecy. <laughs> the one who has predicted. It has come true. I like this reality. <laughs> the, the, I just she, really want cheese curds. Mm, here we go. Do you know here what's we... really difficult to find in Texas? It's cheese curds. Sorry, Colin. You mm. were going to say something. Go on. He's no, trying to think of how to um, do prophecy and cheese together. The prophet cheese. That's good. There you go. I was going to go with, I was trying to do something with curd, but I, that was way harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chosen curd. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Listen, my bit wasn't very good. So we're going to move on. Uh, are there. Oh God, I'm, I'm spiraling. Tracy, save me. Tracy, let's so talk about. One thing that was brought up in this section is uh, that there were three faceless bodies found. And this is where we learned that the Chronicoms can take over human bodies. And then once, wait, they no, they take their faces, but then that kills them, right? I can't remember how it actually right. works. You need a face to, you need air holes to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So they and physically it- like take their face absorb it and then that gets rid of the person's actual face and they die right right because right. of suffocation right i mean also probably face removal right. is probably That's not probably, probably also I very mean, traumatic <laughs> you know technically it's they probably you know build it in to make sure that they die the application of that smooth silly putty over what remains of the face <laughs> <laughs> but it is fascinating to me that they'll they're just like so willy-nilly with the timeline the chronicoms where they're just literally hellbent on stopping shield that they're like we Mm -hmm. do not care that the police are going to find three literally impossibly faceless human bodies yeah that's also though the difference between oh man what is the type of chronicom that enoch is i forgot what he's an anthropologist right because the other three though are hunters correct yes right so like they kind of don't care for sure Spoiler, everyone, everyone but Enoch is now a hunter because they converted all the anthropologists True. to hunters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they said, all right, nerd, suit up. Yeah. <laughs> the time for nuance is over. It's murder time. <laughs> <laughs> they just flipped over their shovel and went after people. <laughs> there you go. Um, I really like... Uh, we, this is the first time we're seeing Mac as mother, like mother hen Mac. And I mm, really love mm-hmm. that trope because like he's this large man, mm-hmm. like he's a just a big just guy, a big but beefy man. 
he's the he'll be the first with like a like a band-aid and some like neosporin yeah. like you know that he'd be like oh hold on let me take care of you here you okay like and i love it so much and it, it's, right. a, it's a series long thing and i i just love it very, very it's kind much. of like the whole captain america steve rogers thing where he's also like more of a mother hen to the avengers it's yeah. yeah. a good little parallel yeah can you imagine we, mac we have... and steve as your two moms Ugh. Oh, that would be that would be, be pretty amazing. Good. Be a dream come true. Amaze your dad. <laughs> yes. That yeah. The, the the dynamic truly is May is the dad and uh, Mac is the mom. Right. And Colson's the weird uncle. Mm-hmm. And Especially now. Daisy is everyone's kid. Everyone's rebel child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their whole thing. It's like um, almost like some sort of like weird game show where they're like, okay, here are your adults. And then here's a room full of toddlers who've had too much sugar and do not want to be told what to do. Yep. And go. <laughs> Everyone you know? is a leader. <laughs> yeah. Grant Ward's over there pushing people over. Hey, um, we don't, we, we're not at him yet. So. Who? Grant, what's that? Who's that? Hmm? What's that? Grant I said Ward? FDR. Grant Ward. Nope, not even him. <laughs> Jeff Ward. Jeff Ward. Um, <laughs> Jeff Ward and Grant Ward. <laughs> Jeff. The twins, Jeff Ward and Grant Ward. This is just how names work. They're really weird twins. (laughs) Wow, Colin would really hate those twins. Hi, Ward. And I I do. It's me, Jeff Ward, and me, Grant Ward. Would you like to buy our Eagle Scout popcorn? (laughs) I do love popcorn, but I hate the two of you, so get off my porch. My favorite thing about this bit is that one is the actor who plays the person's name, one one is the character's name. It's sort of like Henry Simmons, who plays Mac, and Gemma Simmons being related Isn't that because weird? they both have some. Yeah. It should be illegal. <laughs> it truly should. Yep. Um, can I ask a question? Yes. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> That's oh, a question okay. that comes from the That's guest. A, yeah, I love that. Um, Flipping it on us. What is so? Fury's black box is seen in, or like its actual use is in Captain Marvel, right? No. The, Does he use it in anything else? Mm-hmm. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he basically gives it to Coulson, and it's sort of like, so you're the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., press this button. Sure. And it's like tips, like hot tips and tricks, (laughs) um, like cheat codes. Okay, uh, gotcha. Building blueprints. I couldn't remember what it did. It's like the locations of like every S-K-A-T-N-E and every Tony Hawk pro skater level. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's like things like that. It's like, uh, and like uh, Nick Fury's unpublished screenplays. Right. Um, his musings and of. his thoughts on being an agent right. of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> it's director of S.H.I.E.L.D. for dummies is kind of what it yeah, is. Basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. perfect. Um, but it's if it falls into the wrong hands, which it did. Right. Um, it's bad. Because, <laughs> yeah, then they can take down S.H.I.E.L.D. Because they know where yeah, everything correct. is. Including all the secret bases. Know. Yeah, because yes. it has Coulson's complete uh, history of Shield podcast right there in in, in in its entirety. Listen, you joke about that, but I would listen to oh that podcast so oh, much. Sure. No, he would record one. Know that no one could listen to it, but he'd just have so much fun talking about it. And he would have guests. He'd have the Avengers on as guests and just keep it for himself. Just hide it in the black box. What is this that you're recording, son of Cole? <laughs> Uh, Steve would just be so uncomfortable, but like would just feel so bad. So he would answer any questions that he could. Yeah. Uh, but he'd be like, yeah, that's right. That's right, Phil. 
Yeah. Tony would be like, uh, like, okay, yeah. So here's the problem though. Not enough about me. So let's talk about my tech. You know, like, and then he's like, okay, well, this is not quite what I was, but it doesn't matter. Like he can't hit the stop button because Tony's taken over the recording device. And he's like, yeah, you can publish that one as is. And like, that's where the recording ends kind of thing. Um, Friday downloads the podcast and publishes it immediately. Oh my God. It, it only gets like 10 listens and it's like all of the Koenigs and then May because May just really wants to be supportive. Uh, that's right. Daisy has subscribed to it, but it's not listened to a single episode. Mm, Matt that is some keeps awkward going, conversations. Matt keeps yeah. going, oh yes, you're right. No, I... I am going to listen. Like I've, I've finally figured out my phone. So I'm definitely going to listen. And then, uh, Deke. He listens to it on two times the speed. Oh, while okay. he's doing something else. I like that. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I was going to say that he had too many episodes of Joe Rogan. He hasn't found time to. Oh my God. Mm. He would be a Joe Rogan listener. I don't think he'd be a Joe <laughs> Rogan listener. That was Colin's service right there. That I was... like the two times better. Okay. I do like Mac, the idea of Mac going to Yo-Yo and being like, I still, what is a podcast? Yes. I don't That's even. the thing. It's not that he's trying to be mean. He just does not understand it. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Colson. What does this like, mean? What is yeah. the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Ugh. Deke has had Where some very strong it? female role models in his life. He would not. That's true. Be a jerk like that. But he, okay. No, okay. Anyway, That's so true. they have Fury's Black Box. Yes. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. It's not good. It also keeps track of all of Fury's flight data, but that's a whole other thing. Boo. It's like a black that's, box. You stop. know, like a, like a oh. boo. Boo this man. Get him <laughs> yeah. off the stage. Sorry to this get man. The giant. <laughs> oh, comes Did in. you just quote your favorite gif? Me? Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. it's from a movie, to be clear. It's my no, favorite no, no, no. gift because it's from a no, movie no, no, and I no. love that scene. Sure. I frequently go, Boo this man. Boom. What is that from? Uh, it's from Days. No, not Days and Confused. Uh, half Half Baked. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Well, I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do a very. This is actually a pretty cool all star. I forgot that this was gonna be the uh, 1931 music 1931 for today. We're gonna be talking about Cab Calloway's Mini the Moocher. This is like the mm. Let It Be of 1931. This is okay. the Stairway to Heaven of like. This is an all star song. Okay. Um, so first, let's talk about Cab Calloway. His real name is uh, Cabell, C-A-B-E-L-L, uh, Calloway III. Um, he was born in 1907 uh, and died in 94. Um, he was associated with the Cotton Club in Harlem, where he was a regular performer and became a popular vocalist of the swing era. His, ni- his niche of mixing jazz and vaudeville won him acclaim during a career that spanned over 65 years. Holy crap. He was an American jazz singer, dancer, band leader, and actor. Um, he was a master of energetic scat singing and led one of the most popular big bands in the United States from the early 1930s to the late 1940s. His band included trumpeters Dizzy Gillespie, Jonah Jones, and Adolphus Doc Cheatham. Wow. Saxophonists? Ben Webster? Saxophonists? Yeah. Sax players Ben Webster and Leon Chu Berry, guitarist Danny Barker, bassist Milt Hinton, and drummer Cozy Cole. Callaway had several hit records in the 1930s and 40s, becoming known as the Heidi Ho Man of jazz <laughs> for his most famous song, Minnie the Moocher, uh, which was originally recorded in 1931. Uh, he reached the Billboard charts in five consecutive decades, wow. 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, That's crazy. And he also made several... Yeah, it's uh, yeah. This, this guy was huge. Um, 
He made several stage, film, and television appearances until his death in 94. Uh, he was in Stormy Weather. Um, have you seen that clip where it's Cap Calloway pouring and then these two brothers, like, do this insane yeah. dance? Yeah. That's Stormy. That's from Stormy Weather. Um, okay, okay. Which okay. is basically sort of like the... It's like a, you know, music performance. Like review, right? Like, like a music review? Yeah, yeah. it's a, a review. Perfect. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, so he was in that. Um, he was in uh, Porgy and Bess, The Cincinnati Kid, and Hello, Dolly. Wow. Um, and then his his career saw renewed interest and also came onto my radar, w- not when he appeared, but when I saw the 1980 film The Blues Brothers. Mm. He was the first African-American musician to sell a million records from a single and to have a nationally syndicated radio show. Cool. In 1993, he received the National Medal of Arts from the American, from the United States Congress. He, was posthum- he posthumously received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2008. Wow. So, Cab Calloway, giant. Giant. Giant of music. So, Minion Moocher is his most famous song. Um, and... It was the single that sold over a million copies. Um, it's most famous for its nonsensical ad-libbed scat lyrics. Um, for example, Heidi, 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 ho. In performances, Callaway would have the audience and the band members participate by repeating each scat phrase in a form of call and response until making it too fast and complicated for the audience to replicate it. He literally trolled the audience every single performance and it was fantastic i'm better than you dash cab calloway <laughs> and that was his performance um and the the truth is that he was so of course. Mean, no right. shade um re- it was released on brunswick records and it was the biggest chart topper of 1931 uh he publicized and then celebrated a 12th birthday for the song on june 17th 1943 while performing at New York's Strand Theater, he reported that he was then singing the song at both beginning and end of four performances daily, and then estimated his total performances to date. She's kicked the gong around for me more than 40,000 times. Um, which is How could a lot. anyone do that? Yeah. In 1978, Calloway recorded a disco version of Minnie the Moocher on RCA Records, because that's what you were doing in 1978. Sure. And it reached number 91 on the Billboard R&B chart, because he's Cab Calloway. Heard of him? Um, <laughs> I have now. <laughs> um, Minnie the Moocher was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999, and in 2019 was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry as, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress. It has been argued that the record was the first jazz record to sell a million copies. Um, the song is based lyrically on Frankie Half Pint Jackson's 1927 version of the early 1900s vaudeville song Willie the Weeper. Um, this is sort of what I was talking about with the Lomax stuff. Like, there's a 1900s song called Willie the Weeper that was done in 1927, which mm-hmm. is what Minnie the Moocher was based on. Okay. Um, that sort of evolution of, of music. That's um, cool. But this was in you know New York, so we didn't have to... Um, have guys go out to the mountains to right, figure correct. this stuff out. Um, and Betty Davis sang that version of Willie the Weeper in the movie The Cabin in the Cotton, which I'm sure is not problematic in any correct in right, any significant ways. The lyrics are heavily laden with drug references. The character oh. Smokey is described as cokey. Um, actually, that's not true. Uh, she messed around with a bloke named Smokey. He loved her, though she was cokey. That's okay. It's... Whoever they were probably both very cokey. Um, and the phrase kick the gong around was a slang reference to smoking opium. 
Mm. Um, the Heidi Ho scat lyrics came about when Calloway forgot the lyrics to the song one night during a live radio concert. So incredible. What do you do? What do you do when you forget the lyrics and you're being recorded live? Improvise. Oh, just make history. Just yeah, like pretty much. Just lightly make history. <laughs> Um, and then the same year that he recorded Minnie the Moocher, uh, his sister Blanche Calloway, uh, who performed as Blanche Calloway with her Joy Boys, which is wow, just, wow, what a title! Yep, yep. Recorded Growlin' Dan, in which Minnie is evoked along with a variation on Calloway on Calloway's Heidi Ho. So basically, the Janet Jackson of uh, 1931, Blanche Calloway and her Joy Boys. And that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of Music of 1931. I'm going to move to social media. Tracy, I didn't thank you for, for joining us on our show uh, I noticed. last time. But, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I didn't think that you did a great job last sure. time. So this time you've done a great that. job. Thank so you. thank you. Yeah, this, this time I really, I was really proud of your performance this time. So I agree. I value I agree. your feedback. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a, like kind of like a comeback of the year sort of deal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move to social media, and that is a couple of Twitter handles. Uh, we have the uh, handle for this show, which is at TimelineScav. The network is at ScavengersNet. Uh, my Twitter is at UnabashedJames. Colin, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is at Colin M. Parker. And Tracy, what is your Twitter? Well, mine would be at Warlock. Then I also want to thank Nick Bramald for composing the theme, the intro and outro theme songs that make me feel like I'm on a, uh, like a big, huge syndicated uh, podcast every time I hear them. Uh, you can find him at N Bramald, that is N, and then B-R-A-M-A-L-D on Twitter or at Nick Bramald, compo- Nick Bramald composer.co.uk. If you're going to be kicking the gong around the internet, you could go to our Patreon page for The Scavengers Network, which is at patreon.com slash thescavengersnetwork, where for $2 a month, you can get access to all sorts of bonus content. Um, We haven't put out... Have we put out anything for this show? We've put something out, but we we do have something else in the the wings, basically, coming Mm -hmm. out later this year. Exactly, and I I have I have some ideas for some some other things, and and there's all sorts of writing and video, and we've got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we've We've recorded. We haven't released stuff yet. Yeah, we have a bunch of stuff. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, we will have. That's Um, yeah, that's a good point. And Tracy has some stuff on there, and uh, Colin's there too, and I I'm also represented there. Mm So two dollars a month gets you access to just so much bonus content. That is Patreon.com/slash/TheScavengersNetwork. That is going to do it for this episode of Talent Scavengers. Tracy, thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a delight. And how was I? Hmm. You were here delightfully. Okay. You're Tracy, delightfully I'm here. James. Tracy, Tracy, how was I? Delight. Both delightful. Just a, a, a big. Mm, she's using the same word. Big delight all around. I'm very delighted, as you can tell by my face. She is deadpan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that's going to do it. Um, I'm James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Tracy Wheatley. Excelsior!
I'm gonna sing a song in the style of thanks for the lyrics. I'm done. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.